Are you losing faith in the world around you? Do you find yourself constantly asking why something is the way that it is? Do you wonder about God? Maybe you're disillusioned with church, but you still feel a call. Or maybe you realize that there has to be something more for you in this life. Pull up a chair and take a seat, because you've arrived at the right place. The Human Conservation Podcast. With host Reverend Corby Willette. Restoring faith in humanity by exploring the paths of culture, history, nature, science, and spirituality. Promoting human conservation through human conversation. Welcome back to the Human Conservation Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Corby Willette. I hope everyone has had a blessed weekend. Uh, We just passed Memorial Day weekend, which is a time, of course, where we take a moment to thank and appreciate those men and women that are in service of this country. Uh, This is something that is very uh, easily taken for granted, uh, and a lot of times we get caught up in a lot of the nonsense that we see, you know, kneeling during the national anthem and, you know, we're pushing and pulling. But the one thing I think we can all agree on is, is that there are people that are in service of this country that don't get to spend time with their families, don't get to spend time around the barbecue grill. So the rest of us uh, can enjoy those things. So, Always take a moment to remember those people, whether you agree with the things that are going on in the world or not, that there are people that are sacrificing so that we don't have to. So for all of those men and women that are in service of this country, I salute you, and from the bottom of my heart, uh, I thank you. I mentioned that there were a lot of things that are going on uh, in our world right now that seem to be dividing us and pulling each other apart. But there's one thing that's in incredibly short supply, and that is forgiveness. In my early childhood, uh, I lived in a fairly affluent community in Fairfield, Connecticut, uh, where I lived with my mom and dad. My father was an over-the-road trucker. He went on long distances, sometimes gone for uh, days as much as a week, maybe even two weeks at times. And my mom was the stereotypical housewife. Uh, And this dynamic lasted until I was about eight when my father just decided that family life was not for him and he became the deadbeat dad. He went on a trip. He never came back. A couple months later, he surfaced uh, living with another woman. uh, And that was that. That lasted about a year. And then my father skipped town altogether, uh, not paying child support, no calls on the birthday, and I wouldn't see him again until I was 23 years old. Uh, Well, 22 years old. Now, there's an interesting dynamic to all this, and that is when my father was around when I was young, he was like super dad, involved in scouts, involved in Pop Warner football, uh, roughhoused with us, wrestled with us, took us to do cool stuff. So when he left, it was very difficult for me to understand Um And, you know, you hear people always say that children blame themselves. And there is actually a lot of truth to this. Like, I I thought that for some reason there had to be something wrong with me, like that that my father wouldn't want to be around anymore. I didn't understand the dynamics 
uh, of marriage, of temptation, sex, those types of things that, that generally are what upset the apple cart, uh, if you will, in the, the family. And in the beginning, you know, we, when my father first left, we, we hated on my father. Uh, but what was really fascinating was, was that my mother always raised us to not hate him. Despite the fact that she had to go to work and work two and three jobs to keep us in our school systems, to keep food on the table, um, and to keep just the everyday household going, um, she had every reason to resent him, but she chose to uh, instill in my brother and myself that he was our father and no matter what, um, no matter what he did, nothing in the world would change that, so it would do us no good to hate him. She recognized the fact that um, it would burn us to the ground uh, if we harbored that resentment and that um, that blame that, that we were taking on ourselves. So as I grew, I, I did not have a hatred for my father. He just wasn't in my life, and that was that. I did feel sorry for myself. I did struggle at times. Um, I was envious of people that had good relationships with their father, uh, but we didn't have a, a hatred for him, and, and that's a testament to my mother because sometime later when I was 22, uh, I had heard that my father was sick. Um, it's hard to explain, but we had common relatives on both sides of, of my family. My mother's sister married my father's cousin. So every once in a while, we would get snippets of my father's whereabouts or somebody would see him or somebody would let us know. But he still made no effort to uh, reach out to, to my brother or myself. But on one occasion, I had heard that my father had had multiple heart attacks and that he was now uh, essentially dying was how the information came to us and that he was waiting for a heart transplant uh, because his heart was was so bad. Now, one thing I did remember of my father when I was a youth is, is he was probably one of the worst eaters that I ever knew. Like he wasn't obese. He had like a little belly, but he ate so much bacon, so much grease, so much, you know, red meat uh, and unhealthy things that, that it really wasn't surprising. But anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent uh, about health. That's not where I'm going with this. But my father, or when I had heard my father was sick, it was just as simple as calling information for my grandfather's phone number. I wasn't even certain if he was alive or not anymore. Uh, but I called up uh, my grandfather, Norman, uh, in Alfred, Maine. I called information. I asked for the number. I got the number, and I told him I wanted to see my father. Well, anyway, to tie this up, um, I made a decision to reach out to my father. Um, and at 22 years old, I made the decision to forgive my father. Um, within a year and a half, my father had moved back to Connecticut. Um, and slowly but surely, we worked on our relationship, uh, which resulted in myself having a very good relationship with my father in my adult life. Now, that was a very tough decision uh, on my mother because it's not that easy for you to sacrifice almost everything to keep your children clothed, fed, 
in a safe environment only to see them turn and go to the man that put her in a predicament to begin with. I, I can't imagine what, it, you know, that must have hurt my mother. But forgiving my father was the single greatest decision that I ever made in my life because the relief that I got from forgiving him for what he did, the empowerment that it gave me spiritually by saying, I have every moral right to condemn you, but I'm going to decide to forgive you. It wasn't an easy thing. Uh, it's not always an easy thing to forgive somebody that that has wronged us, but but let's look in, in Scripture and in multiple places. I just want to rattle off a few. I, I'm not a big guy on just quoting like one little verse. I like to use it for context. But in this particular case, you have Ephesians uh, 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Uh, Mark, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone that is your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you for your trespasses. Matthew 6.15, but if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. Again in Matthew, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of yours. Luke Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Do you, uh, do you see where this is going? All of this forgiveness is based on what a God's requirement. And this isn't just in some like little rogue verse. This is obviously very important. It's appearing all over, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. Uh, in Proverbs, uh, in Psalms, is is a lot of it is based on forgiveness. And, and that's because it sets you free. If you are holding on, if you are refusing to forgive others, then what incentive does God have to forgive you? I mean, none of us, no single person that walks on this earth deserves salvation, deserves forgiveness from God. We're all filthy our deeds everything that we do are filthy rags in the eyes of God and he's what washes them clean for us so it's not really right for us to expect God to forgive us if we're not forgiving other people you know and it's got to be a real forgiveness we have a tendency sometimes there's a, a great story I'll get to in a second but we have a tendency sometimes we'll speak the words to God we might even think that we believe it. Oh, yeah, I forgive that person. But we're, we're holding, holding on to it. We're, we're not letting it go. Um, it's easy to say you forgive somebody when you don't think that there's ever going to be a call to account. You know, there's a great uh, story. It's, and it's not a story. It's actually, it really happened. A woman by the name of Corey Tenboom. She was a Danish person, a Danish watchmaker um, during World War II. And her family uh, would 
would house the the Jews uh, to try and keep them safe from the Nazis. It was a safe. They ran a safe house, uh, and they were caught and arrested, uh, which resulted ultimately in the death of of Corey's father, uh, who didn't survive the concentration camps, and her sister Betsy, um, who was tortured and tormented, uh, raped and mocked and beaten. Uh, in the concentration camp uh, by one particular guard. There was one guard in general that was particularly ruthless. Well, Corey survived the war. Um, her sister Betsy, unfortunately, did not had succumbed to her injuries. But Corey had found her way to Christ and in the years after World War II was traveling around Europe preaching forgiveness um, and talked about how she... Uh, had to find it in her heart to forgive the prison guard uh, at Ravensbrück that was particularly brutal and violent and how she had to forgive all the guards for the things that they did. And there, while Corey was preaching, was the very guard that was responsible for most of the heinous crimes against her and her sister. Now, he didn't recognize her. He didn't know who she was, but she knew exactly who he was. And he approached her and basically said, you know, I was a prison guard at Ravensbrück concentration camp. And I heard you say that you forgave them. I was a prison guard there as well. And it would mean a lot to me if you would tell me that I'm forgiven. Now, do you think that in a million years she ever thought that she was going to encounter not just another guard from Ravensbrook, but but one that was so personally responsible for most of her harm. Now, she's been traveling around Europe for a couple of years preaching this message, and now God's called her to account. Do you really forgive the guy? Now, supposedly the story goes that she did, that she embraced him and cried, even though he never recognized her, um, I find that incredibly powerful. And this happens a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I forgive him, I forgive him. And then you go home, but there's still some resentment in your heart. It's not going to, that's not going to work for God, but it's also not going to work for you. It's going to hold you back. Now, what about, what about when you wrong somebody else? Um, and whether you you realize it or not, and somebody becomes upset with you, um, and you take accountability, and you you apologize, and you ask for for forgiveness, or you try to explain yourself as best as you can, and they won't forgive you. What do you what do you do in that case? Well, there's not too much you can do outside of maybe giving the person a little space uh, after you've apologized. Now, I came across uh, this. Uh, which I found helpful. Uh, I got this from versebyverseministry.org. Versebyverseministry.org. On this little snippet about forgiveness, I thought was was pretty good. It says, Jesus, uh, Jesus said if we forgive somebody, then the Lord will forgive us. Jesus equates the two types of forgiveness. God's forgiveness of us is contingent on forgiving other people. I just read all of those verses um, that that highlighted that. Well, as we try to understand Jesus' words, we must first remember 
that we have no power over the eternal fate of another person, for Christ alone is our judge. I want to repeat that last part, that we have no power over the eternal fate of another person, for Christ alone is our judge. So if you have apologized, if you have repented, and that person will not accept that repentance, you have no choice but to move on. You pray You pray to God that, that they get it right and you move on. But here's what I'm, I, I'm imploring you to do. Never close the door on somebody, even somebody that has wronged you in a horrible way. Because the truth of the matter is, is this. Like we read in the prodigal son, God wants everyone to be saved. Not just the people that, that we like, not just the people that we are okay with, but everyone. So even that person has wronged you. The simple truth of things is it's God's will for that person to be saved. And if you are trying to be the best Christian that you can be, then you have a responsibility to not only acknowledge that, but by forgiving that person, you are actually exacting God's will. God wants you to forgive. God doesn't want you to feel pain. Now, I can only tell you from my personal experience that when I made the decision to forgive my father, it started a pathway to one of the best relationships that a son could have with his father. Yes, he missed out on a lot. That is the price that he had to pay that he could never get that time back. But my father spent a great deal of my adult life being there for me in as many capacities as he could. He stood in my uh, in the back of my church on my wedding day. He was there when my son was born. Um, he became my best friend. He really, he really, really did. But the most important thing of all was my father had become ill back in 2007, and he eventually was placed in hospice because his kidney, his kidneys had failed. That was it. That was the end. But then when he got better, with no treatment, with no medicine, all by himself, and they had them send him home. Had I not forgiven my father, I would not have seen the healing power of our Lord and Savior. With my own two eyes, there was no reason why he got better. No treatments, no doctors. They had already, they told me he, he could barely, he may not make it tonight. But see, those are the types of things that you can miss out on if you choose not to forgive, is that people can change. Sometimes, it's, you see, I never thought my father was an evil man, and a lot of that was because of how my mother was, was raised. Sometimes good people do bad things. But here's the kicker, too, is when I chose to forgive my father, eventually my brother forgave my father. And you know what? Eventually my mother forgave my father to a point that on my wedding day, in 2009, my mother walked down the aisle with my father. They weren't married, they were, but they walked down the aisle in unity 
for my sake. That's the power of forgiveness. It can infect other people to do so. So in closing, I I want everybody, take some time, take a personal inventory, look inside yourself, and ask you, who's bothering you? What What is holding you back? Who needs your forgiveness? Even if you're not ready to to actually forgive that person now, identify who in your life needs forgiveness and then take that to the Lord. Take that to God. Don't be afraid to say, I struggle. God knows that. God knows it's not easy, but nothing worth doing is easy. So take a personal inventory, look inside and identify who needs forgiveness and try and and begin to wrestle with it. Because a lot of the times, the person that you're having a hard time forgiving isn't affected by it, but you are. So try and let it go. Because remember, our being forgiven by God is contingent on our forgiveness of others. We'll see you next time. As always, I thank you for stopping by to give me a listen. If you like what you heard and you want to help out, give the podcast a review and click as many stars as you feel appropriate. This helps get the word out and helps other people find the podcast. If you'd like more information about me, you can find that at corby.com, spelled C-O-R-B-I-E-Y.com. And if you have questions or comments about the podcast, you could send those to hcpodcast at corby.com. And that's the episode for this week. Remember to be kind to one another, help one another, and check in with friends and family often and let them know their worth. It can make a difference. If you're the one hurting, do not hesitate to dial 988. I hope everyone has a blessed week, and remember, human conservation can only come about through human conversation.